So this is Fam Electric Ghost. I interview artists from around the world. We're part of Spotify. We have over 22,000 listeners since 2018. And we're going to be interviewing Azura and Federico Ferrandina. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, that's quite accurate. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And um, we're talking to Azura, who is a singer-songwriter. And you're... In your biography, I'm just going to read a little bit of it so our audience can understand who you are. Uh, it says you combine delicate electronic dark pop elements with like an intimate voice. And also from from your um, Spotify, you've got some great praise from different um, uh, musical like fanzines or um, magazines, like delicate vocals, slowly expanding electronica instrumentals and a vibe that makes you forget about the world from stereo fox and then oh yeah and then from, yeah and then from rocket it said wrapped by a soothing effervescent voice electronic soul stylish dream pop sweet and obsessive it lingers on you like a question without an answer so that's that's really great praise um uh, thank you so it also indicated you started writing music around 2015 on your own and mm-hmm. had released um, a single. And so your single Before the Lies and your first EP, Where We're Going. And that was also yeah. produced by Federico. Um, yes, yes. That got the attention of all of these international music blogs. And then you also, in 2019, you're working with, um, see if I can get the name right, Sadar Hagi. And yes, Fede- yes. And Federico. And, um, and then you... Uh, you wrote the World Environment Day SDGs theme song, We Are Walking On on for the United Nations. So that's really awesome. Um, uh, thank you. And then you got signed by French Label, another music records, and that's where all your new songs are. Yeah, the new releases, like, like uh, Kidnap. Exactly. And um, the other songs um, that we're going to talk about today, I was looking at. So Kidnapped and Grey are on your new label, right? Correct. Yes, yeah. today's is today's a good day because it's a release day, and today I, um, my new single "Kidnapped" is finally out, and so I'm really excited <laughs> and happy. Okay, so I'm going to get back to the questions because we uh, um, we, we kind of got cut off before. So the questions I sent you, the first one was, when did you get into music and at what age? Um, it's a difficult question because I um, really don't remember that. And all can I say is that I remember myself singing since I was born. And maybe I started at um, four or five years old when my mother gave me a Bon Tempi mini record set for Christmas. And um, I started exploring with uh, my voice. That's interesting. So, so are you primarily a vocalist, or did you um, uh, do you play like guitar or, or um, piano? Oh, my favorite um, instrument is my voice, but um, I play a little bit of piano. Okay, so the, do you use that to help you write your your songs when you're doing your demos, or do you primarily use your voice? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I write the melody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's and cool. with a little a little bit of piano and a little bit of drum or synth, and um, and then Federico works. Yeah. So when did you realize that you had the talent to like write your own music and start like writing your own material? Was that 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 early age, or did you find that later? 
that's something I always knew. But at some point in my life, when I decided to move to Berlin, I understood that only music could, uh, could make me uh, happy. Uh, so right now, I wake up every day singing and creating music and trying to express everything I, I feel inside. That's awesome. So, so <laughs> Thank you. if I was going to um, look for your influences and reference points, so like who are you inspired by? I hear a little Bjork, I hear... Um, some like Enya, I hear like a lot of dark pop influences. Are there specific artists that you're influenced by? Uh, um, there are no musicians in my family, but thanks to them, I grew up listening to Beatles, Pink Floyd. Yes, yeah, so um, and growing up, I started discovering music on my own, approaching to the um, electronic trip pop scene as Masivata, Kormobi, Portisi, The Lamb. And then more recent artists such as James Black, uh, Seth Dalisa, Banks, Zone. So. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a wide. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a so I. I <laughs> That's interesting because you, you mentioned like the classics. A lot of musicians, every time I talk to them, they always bring up the Beatles because they kind of crafted modern pop songwriting. Um, and so that's interesting. And then Pink Floyd. You know, I'm a big synth guy, so I, yes, I, I like of, so much. <laughs> I play a lot of analog synthesizers. I have Moogs and things like that, and just just uh, you know, their their kind of rock opera approach, like like what Townsend used to do um, with like Tommy or Quadrophenia. They did like even bigger, uh, and so they created these like you know soundscapes, which are very, I think a lot of modern electronic musicians are still steeped in what Pink Floyd did. And what the Beatles did to kind of give you the structure of your song, um, I think that you know that's my opinion. But it sounds like you, you're influenced as well, so um, that's very interesting. So if you were going to describe the genre of music that you're in, I, I know that your Spotify says dark pop. What other type of genre would you describe <laughs> your music being in? Oh uh, yes, many people say avant pop or dark pop, and I honestly. Uh, honestly think that could be the correct way to put to put it if you really need to insert my style in a genre <laughs> and so yeah well a lot of people are kind of cross genre today there's a lot of people when i talk to bands i've, I've talked to like punk bands that are mixing hip-hop or mixing jazz and so i think a lot of musicians you know I, I, in order to move forward in music i, I think people are trying to like get rid of the barriers and, and try to go between genres, whatever the song needs, that's the genre it will include. And so some folks don't want to be pinned down um, into any one genre, but sometimes your music kind of represents what it is. When you hear it, you say, well, that's dark pop. But um, mm -hmm. I do hear atmospheric, like progressive electronic, you know, as well. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, so when you write your music, you said you you use um, you know synthesizers. Do you use like uh, a digital audio workstation, like uh, Pro Tools or or um, any of the other ones like Ableton Live? Or is that, oh or yes, yes. I... Do you use that, or do you, you Federico? Do you primarily do all that work? I usually compose my music with Ableton Live and a MIDI controller. Then Federico uh, works out my ideas 
in a wider arrangement and adds his own ideas, develop, um, developing and sharing our shared artistic vision. And it always happens uh, remotely as we are in different countries. Uh, so he lives between Rome and Los Angeles mm -hmm. and he recorded all scenes, guitars, and he hired strings players to complete the production. And once the instrumental part was okay, I I reached him to to record the final vocal tracks. Yeah. Oh, so do you guys are doing remote um, production? Do you ever like uh, meet physically in a studio, or everything's remote? Basically, we start the production process remotely. There's a lot of back and forth with emails <laughs> and files and tracks and ideas and brainstorming. And once we are really happy with what we have in terms of the instrumental part, then that's the moment where we uh, physically uh, get in the same place and record. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, so then you go, the to a so you go to a traditional <coughs> studio to do the final recording? It's not really a traditional studio. It's my home studio in Rome where I'm very well equipped to record. It's the best studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, those sometimes are the best. You know, I was, I was watching a documentary about people yeah. And he was he talking about how he did so in this farmhouse out in the countryside. And he kind of built it to be a studio. And I sometimes I think people who do their studio, like I have a home studio. A lot of indie musicians today, that's what you do. If you can build it correctly and have the right sound acoustics and everything. But yeah, I think you just get more control over what you're doing. Yeah, from my I mean, opinion. That's, that's, that's the contemporary trend, but it's also the most uh, comfortable yeah. and... Uh, uh, yeah, it's the most comfortable options right now to do music. And I mean, if we uh, watch the indie pop uh, charts right now, a lot of the artists out there that are really uh, doing uh, hits, they basically recorded with the same ideas, working in their home studios and then uh, just messaging yeah. what, what they have with the right equipment with the right treatment because basically what we need is the ideas we don't need yeah, fancy yeah. equipment or yeah exactly studio. we don't need to go to webby road uh, yeah may, we, we would love to do that maybe at some point yeah, yeah. record <laughs> the strings orchestra in abbey road we would love to do that of course at some point but so far we are working yeah, yeah. with what we have and doing really the best just using what we have. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. I mean, I mean, I've built up a home studio over the last twenty years. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of the musicians I've been talking to, the probably ninety percent of the musicians I've talked to on this podcast to have home studios, um, and that's where they do a lot of the work. I mean, sometimes they go to a, a bigger studio to do certain things, um, but yeah, I mean, like for me. I would go to a bigger studio to get access to like a Moog 50, uh, System 55. <laughs> you know, something like that that I can't get to because it costs like, you know, $50,000. Yeah, same thing here. If, if we would ever need that that's old great Moog, we would uh, definitely book a studio. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my heroes are like, yes, and Parliament Funkadelic and guys using mini modes and you know system tens and stuff like that and D D fifties and Jupiter eight. Yeah, so I mean, if you can't get a Jupiter eight, you really want a Jupiter eight. You have to go where somebody has one. But um, yeah, of course. 
Actually, um, we are using some moogs in the. You probably have noticed some. Yeah, moog I sounds. can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's at least it's a real analog moog. It was. Uh, it's not not of course not the fifty six, but it was a nice um, moog miniature. Like you probably yeah you probably know. Was a sub thirty seven or a mini moog? Mini moog. No, uh, it's a um, minitor. Minitor. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an awesome machine. <laughs> that's a great. They work really exactly well. Almost. What, yeah. Yeah, almost all the bases you hear in the album were made by yeah. the the Moog Minitor, and in a couple yeah. songs we have a real bass player. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the, the analog, what I find is it really cuts through the mix, and yeah. um, that's what I kind of like. They use my Moogs for because I'm doing leads or bass lines. They really cuts through. Um, and then later yeah, I've been and, using and it's the, so it's so beefy in the low side. It's yeah. So even yeah. even in a in a uh, with a low volume, uh, it really yeah. gets through in in that. Well, the ladder filter, yeah. You know, this ladder the ladder filter on these modes has has such a big impact on the low end. Um, yeah. It just really there's nothing you can really get that does that. It's <laughs> like it's the modes. Now you can get other synths to try to get close to it, but the modes tend to be that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so, so have you been playing live shows or are you primarily like uh, on the streaming services or have you done live shows? Uh, yeah, we, we just did uh, some showcases. We did a big live show in Italy uh, last summer. Yes, we, we, are just, we are just organizing some new live shows, which is going to happen in Berlin on December the 12th, right? Yeah. In a place yeah. called Marie Antoine Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, yes. You are yeah. all invited. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Whoever is yeah, listening yeah. is invited. Yeah, if you have a link to that show, we can include it on the podcast when we publish it. If you, if you, you know, want they, they just confirmed our booking yesterday. So uh, as soon as the link is ready, we're going to forward that to you. Okay. Yes, yeah, of I, course. I can, I can always you. update. Yeah. I, when I publish, I can consistently update. So if you get, um, you know, while this is in rotation for the next like 30 days, if there's things you want to add, we can add. Thank you. So even if it's not available today, when I add it, it will get pr promoted to like there are eleven podcast platforms we're on, including Apple and Spotify and Radio Public and Google Play. So once I migrate anything you send me, it will migrate across all the platforms. Okay. So that's thank you. Thank you. Um, so have you ever thought of collaborating? I know you're collaborating with producers with other musicians, like uh, to get. Um, you know, like a, like maybe um, a, a duet or anything like that. Have you been thinking about that? Um, um, I'm always open to new collaborations that will let me stay true to my style or intentions. I've done some collaborations, one of those with the producer Sada Haruyagi. With one together with Federico, I composed the them song for the World Environment Day. Mm -hmm. And in the past, uh, I collaborated with a synthwave Italian producer called Copycat Club and I put my voice onto tracks for his first album and I did some collaboration also with another techno producer uh, in Italy and yes I'm always open to new collaborations yeah so would you think about collaborating in a genre that was outside of your genre or you want to stay like within your brand of like dark pop or would you think of like working with like hip hop or jazz or 
Oh yes, I like I like so much to discover also um, other genres. Yeah. So uh, the other question we always ask, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts about the future of music? Where, what direction do you think music is going into in terms of like indie and like big labels or like where you are in the industry? Where, where do you? What are your thoughts about where music is going? So um, I think that the future role of music might be going towards the high tech streaming services and new ways to make. Um, artists and labels more um, independent um, economically. So uh, I just think that um, as an indie artist, I just really um, enjoy being able to be uh, in, in charge of my own project, see all my data, see all my revenue, and everything is under control with streaming services. And so my opinion is that... Um, so for every uh, independent artist, it is very important to have the chance to um, release your own music and to be heard to the, by the whole world. But I think that we need to talk also about artists' royalties, uh, which are extremely low. And yeah. this is, yeah, this is an aspect, yes, that has to be considered. So this means that we are in a, in a system that doesn't help independent artists to grow. So that's what yeah. I think. One yeah. of the things I found as an indie, art, indie artist is I actually make more money doing this podcast <laughs> than, uh -huh. than I do from my royalties. So, I, I mean, I'm a musician. I'm a producer. I like to do my music. I put a lot of work into it. I am a, on a signed label. But, you know, the way the income stream is, I do better if I do a show in New York City or if I sell merch, if I sell a T-shirt or I sell a physical CD that I paid for. I actually make more money doing that. Um, in, in, in music is kind of like the streaming services are like my radio promotion but I don't really get a lot of money from it I make money from other sources which I would think that I, I think the industry needs to be a little bit more progressive in finding ways to get artists yes. streams where you know a lot of income streams seem to be it's fine if you're an indie artist, you you kind of have to control your own career. And, and I find a lot of artists, they make a lot of money from their merch, they make money from their shows, they make money from like, uh, send, you know, working on commercials or, or using their music for other things, like TV yes, shows. Basically, or the business model <laughs> is, is changed so much after yeah. the streaming services took over. So, of course, as all the business gurus say, don't put you all your eggs in one basket. So we cannot rely just on streaming or uh, on live show. We just need to... Yeah, you have to have multiple sources. Yeah, yeah. And also Sync, I mean, Sync is a, a big opportunity for artists right now because there are still some uh, niche um, where is uh, where there are opportunities to get Sync into films and uh, advertisement and radio yeah, video games <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i i uh, i've been doing uh, i've been working in the sync field since 10 years since 2009 mm -hmm. and i had some very very cool opportunities and i'm not famous i'm i'm just an independent yeah composer yeah. music producer and yet i got pretty nice opportunities in there so i think that's Really, yeah, I think something that's really... that every independent musician should consider. Yeah, I've actually been working with some video game producers uh, to come up with like actually creating brand new releases via video games. 
Yes. Um, because it I mean, seems video games like it's is, is going to be a big industry in the next. Yeah. It, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of gaming companies that are looking into doing exclusive releases of music within their games. Um, and then creating like purchase models within the games, which I think if you look at the young people today, they spend a lot of money on video games. And so they're more willing to spend money on a video game than a physical CD. So if an artist puts out a release through a video game, they might be able to get some of that income. <laughs> um, yeah, we, 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 are, we are exploring all, all that part. I'm, I'm literally just starting negotiating some stuff with the video game company <laughs> like yeah i think that's like that company. seems to be the, a really big area now um yeah but um we'll go we'll go deeper into that thank you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so you were just talking about the current state of the music music industry so are you um i've heard a lot of artists like, have challenged some of the streaming services on, on their royalties and to make sure they're getting the same you know what they think is the right accounting for it so I think when you were talking about streaming, have you, have you, are you kind of considering that, that kind of thing where, you know, do you have to like really um, keep up on, on, on your streaming income and make sure you're getting a good accounting? <clears throat> yeah, basically, uh, we all uh, can, uh, we all need to have access to numbers and really uh, try to understand how the system works and if we if the revenues are uh, really what uh, we expect to to get from yeah the, yes the, it's everything uh, everything is also, under control uh, yeah yeah also yeah, our labor yeah. is li is, li is really helping us with oh they can they are yeah that's good they, yeah yeah, yeah well, they're really transparent we have to thank this mm -hmm. another music label uh, mm -hmm. they are based in paris yes and, we are really lucky <laughs> Oh, so they're good at making sure that your income stream is up to date. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, because sometimes the streaming services are behind. Like, the data gets, like, it lags. Like, a lot of artists have told me sometimes that the, the accounting of, like, the streams is not always, you know, current or accurate. But um, it usually yeah, it gets still happens. Of course, it, it still happens that sometimes it's not quite accurate. But uh, everything we can do, we do that. We do try to fix if yeah. there are issues like that, I mean, we are not in the high, <laughs> in the high spectrum of the yeah, streaming. Yeah, yeah. We are like a medium, medium streaming um, numbers, but uh, we try to really, really to get whatever we deserve from that. Of course. <laughs> have you have you looked into having physical um, media for your releases, like you know, CDs, vinyl, tape, um, you know. Oh yes, yeah. um, we're, we're, we're probably we're... having a physical physical CD print first when the album is going to come up in 2020. Oh, you're gonna have physical CD? Yes, yeah, when, of uh, course. with the yes. whole album. Yes. What about vinyl? Are you interested in vinyl? Or are you looking at uh, the label? Uh, yes, also case by case. Uh, the label, some of the labels released are also printed on vinyl. It really depends. It's a case-specific choice. I did the vinyl, Federico. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, so, yes, yes, of course. Cool. So we will release the uh, the vinyl also. So. Yeah, well, one thing I just found is some of some of the you know, like um, like bands I've been talking to that are like EDM-based bands have been trying a new format, which is like um, USB sticks. That actually like some some. Um, 
companies that produce CDs and vinyl are actually producing oh USB sticks. And one of the advantages of those is they hold like you know multiple gigabytes. And maybe yes, it's a good idea, but I prefer the CD. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the, but... the reason some of these artists are doing it is they can include their videos. So like when they so so when you get like the USB stick, you get like photos, you get videos, you get like PDFs, you get all this stuff. So it's kind of like maybe like an extra thing that if you ever get like a really you know diehard fan that wants to have a, your full experience, what what that offers is the ability to give them multiple types of media on one thing. Um, which is just, is just another option. It's just something I was was looking at. But mm-hmm. I'm so really I'm working on of of, of, of USB of USB sticks. Unless I mean it's I know that's really comfortable, especially when you work some project where you have to deliver a lot of gigabytes of work. Yeah, that's comfortable. But I mean, as an artist product, I really don't like the idea of and. USB. I mean, it it has nothing artistic to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, not, me not, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really as artistic. It's more for the fans to get something that's kind of like getting a fanzine or getting material. I mean, it's not. It's like I like vinyl myself. I I like the vinyl package because of, of the art and and some of the things you can include. Like if you want to create really interesting art and uh, you know additional liner notes, I think the vinyl format gives you a lot of capability to do that artistically yes I'm, I'm i'm doing a booklet with photo and lyrics and yes i think yes and i'm working on my first video clip also um and yes i think this video clip will be released on february and so i'm very excited is that gonna be on youtube and all the other like yes videos? on youtube yes yes of course so how important is YouTube um, as an artist? Do you find that they, that that's, that's a place you really want to focus on or are there other other streaming services you're you're looking at for video? Um, uh, for the for the video format, I think uh, YouTube and Instagram TV right now are the best places to uh, put out uh, the, the video materials uh, and the video clips. Um, I mean, there's this new app called TikTok. You probably have heard about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's growing. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are on that too. I mean, it's growing really fast. Like in one month, there are 500 million users. So it's the yeah, fastest yeah. growing app ever. So we are also trying to explore that app and try to understand uh, what's the best content that the video content. Yeah. It seems can... like they're limited to just sixty-second clip video clips, though. But which is like Instagram can do that too. But Instagram has expanded where you can have up to like ten minutes um, on on an Instagram video channel that you can create. Um, so I, I've always been very interested in more long form. Do I use the short form on Instagram? I mean, I use it all the time. Um, but but yeah, yeah, TikTok is really interesting. I'm just wondering if they're going to expand and get like a different, like a longer format. But it does seem to have a lot of growth. So I, that's why a lot of artists are, are using it. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, these are all strategies that we try to, where we are still studying and try to change as the algorithm and uh, like everything changes because this platform changes very fast and even their workflow changes 
So these are all things that we are considering and we, we, st we still are in the process of learning. From yeah, that. it seems like the algorithm changes <clears throat> can be very significant sometimes when you're an artist. Like you can be really trending and then suddenly Instagram changes their model and then you got to kind of rebuild again, um, which, you know, you almost have to have a full-time job <laughs> of people figuring out the algorithm changes when they change the way they market your 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 material but um yeah that's just part of the way those things work today you know the 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 different streaming services will kind of shift the paradigm from time to time and then you have to adjust um yeah so so are, are you guys work you're working toward that 2020 um album yes we are uh we are uh, i mean the album is ready we are already uh, set everything for the release in 2020 and this uh, today this new single called kidnap just dropped yes. out today so we you, you can list today is november yeah i started pushing it on my this. facebook yeah, i pushed it you. on my facebook and i pushed it on my instagram this morning <laughs> yeah and there's probably good single we are just I, i'm maybe i'm talking too much but there's gonna be yes on december on December, yeah, we are already. This is you're the first one we, we tell this big news. What, what's the name of that? What's the name of that single? We cannot Shining. share the name. Okay, oh, I shared <laughs> the new, well, the new single is called Shining. Yes, okay, we can say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, fine. And then the album is going to be out in early 2020. Oh, early, so like first, first quarter, on January. yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, what we'd like to do on our um, podcast is we've had people come back um, to actually talk about the record. Uh, and we've done record release shows where we actually go through every song and talk about each one. Um, so if you're interested in that, we could do that when you get closer to your release. Yeah, that's going to be wonderful. We are very thankful that you offer us this. Uh, Thank you. New New opportunity. Yeah, we will be happy to chat extensively about the album <laughs> and going song to song. Yeah, we did yeah, that with Kendra Black out of New York City. She had an album called The Fire, and we actually went every through every song um, last you know, earlier this year. And so, yeah, they, we like to do that if artists are into it. And, and we we started doing this podcast because we felt, you know, MTV used to be a big place where artists would come on, and they actually used to talk about what they were doing and now we don't really see that as much and i'm a big fan of musicians i'm a musician myself so i said you know what i think i should go out there and just interview artists if i can and i you know just started putting it out there on my instagram you know could could i actually talk to the musicians i like you know so i, I was using instagram to like find new artists because i think instagram is one of the best places to find new music and then every time somebody you know, I, I got interested in what I heard or saw on a video clip. I would ask them, like, "Do you want to? Do you want to get an interview?" And then people, you know, what's really cool is a lot of times on Instagram you get to talk to the artist directly. You don't even have to go through their management. <clears throat> and so that was really cool that I was able to kind of break through. And we've been doing this, you know, to the point now we've got over twenty thousand listeners. Uh, we're on on track to hit like thirty, forty thousand next year. So. It's um it's very cool to be able to talk to people around the world, and uh, get different, um you know, 
information from artists is always good. If you're a musician, you're always looking for reference points. You're looking for information, um, yeah. what people are doing. So I, I really enjoyed talking to you today. I think it's really awesome you. what you're doing. You. Me too. Uh, me too. I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot of interviews. It's really inspiring to me. So thank you for your Yes, services. me too. Thank you. Yeah, so this is going to get published. I'll send you the links. Uh, it immediately starts to get published within the next hour. Um, so we're going to send you the links as it gets published. And uh, Yes, we will share it. Yeah, that's great. And on Instagram, what's really cool is, is this this um, Anchor FM and Spotify have really good integration with Instagram. So we can Wonderful. actually set up a highlight that will go right to this podcast on Spotify. So you you should be able to do that as well. So if you go into Spotify, you can actually link. Once this podcast gets sent to Spotify, it can actually get linked to Instagram. As a so, oh, cool. so we can link that to our post. Yeah, or I'm going to put it on my, okay. my Instagram. I have like two different ones. One for my alter ego, Josephine Electric, who's, who's my... Um, the lead singer of my band, Fam Liquor Ghost, uh, is, is she's actually me. Um, <laughs> but I have our separate site there, and she's going to promote it, and I'm going to promote it on my expansive sound and my Facebook and my Twitter and my pod uh, and my blogger. So everywhere I can, I'll, I'll push this. And so I hope you um, you enjoyed the, talking to me. I enjoyed talking to you, and we're we're going to talk to you as soon as you have your new album information. And uh, sure. good luck with all your. Uh, your thank you. And I really liked it. I was listening to it before the podcast, and it's like that's a that's a killer song. So everybody should go and listen to Kidnapped on everything. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and download it too. You know, and if you really thank you, <laughs> you know, buy it on iTunes or Amazon because that 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 really that's always a better way to do it. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for inviting us. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.